All right, good day, Christian Israel, Christian Caucasian Israelites, uh, Germans, Danes, Scots, uh, 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 Dutch, Dutchmen, Frenchmen, Northern Italians, <laughs> those, those of us who know we are Caucasian Israelites, good day to you all. And welcome to, this is our second uh, full show of uh, Genesis to Revelation with Dan from Georgia. How are you doing this morning, Dan? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Yeah. And so uh, we've been following this whacked out election that we've uh, just experienced with, uh, you know, the election fraud possibilities with mail-in ballots are un, you know, un, well, how do you chart them? How do you, how do you recognize them? And, uh, but uh, we put a, on uh, Eurofolk Radio, the latest post I put up yesterday included a video of a guy saying that Trump and company had uh, labeled a lot of ballots, if not all of them, with some kind of code yeah. so, so they could be tracked. Now, if that's the case, it should be easy to determine whether election fraud has happened in places like Philadelphia, New York, Chicago. You know, all the Democratic strongholds in Detroit. America are the biggest, most corrupt cities, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brother Abraham says it's a watermark, you know, but a digital watermark. Okay, so we'll we'll see, or maybe even a, a physical watermark. For all I know, that that could be what's going on here. So uh, we'll see. But there's going to be all already lawsuits have been filed, um, and the the Democrats are planning on doxing all the, the well-known Republicans. They're already uh, saying, you know, get those damn Republicans. And uh, you know, attack them. Well, if they start doing stuff like that, I mean, we will we will have a civil war. That that's coming. So everybody should be ready <laughs> for that. Okay. So uh, what's uh, what's uh, politics been like in your neck of the woods, Dan? Uh, well, just the same as everywhere else. Um, okay. Yeah. You know. a, a lot of uh, corrupt liberals are trying to tamper with the vote voter intimidation anything like that uh, well i'm not aware of any okay. intimidation but um I, I do know and i believe this mail-in ballot stuff should be done away with yeah yeah it's we've never had this before mail-in you know voting by mail Everywhere, i mean you're just asking for excuses yeah. not to have an accurate count well they got lost or they weren't post-dated correctly whatever yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Or they got dumped in, in the garbage, right? Dumped in the garbage, exactly. <laughs> right? So that's why in all previous elections, you had a voter primarily, except for military, you had precincts, you know, where physical people counted physical ballots with uh, de Democrats watching the Republicans and the Republicans watching the Democrats so that uh, no ballot passed <clears throat> by only a single party's eye, right? That's how it was supposed to work. And obviously it's not working like that this time, okay? And uh, Giuliani said uh, that all of this, 100,000 ballots in Philadelphia were counted without a single Republican having a chance to look at them, Okay. So you can imagine which party they voted for, which they voted for Biden, all of those. And no, there's no way of knowing whether those are actually valid ballots. Okay? So this, uh, I don't see how this election could be determined anytime soon. It's going to be worse. Uh, 
it's going to be worse than uh, uh, Bush versus Gore. Way worse. At least there, you know, you had precincts. You could see the precinct workers <laughs> counting the, the the hanging chads. Remember the hanging yeah. chad fiasco, <laughs> right? This is going to be way worse than that. Okay. All right. How do you find 139,000 votes, as in Wisconsin, for example, and yeah. none of them are Trump? They're yeah. all Biden. Yeah. What are the odds of that happening? Yeah, well, it's the University of Wisconsin, commie you. <laughs> right? That's, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yes, uh, Brother Abert talks about uh, America being a corporation, and unfortunately it is a corporation. Uh, the, the nation, the republic, has been overthrown in so many ways. So, uh, yeah. So it's a consensus figure. <laughs> Votes are just census. Yeah, it's a, a new census, right? But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, this, is, this may lead to martial law. That's my fear. That it may lead to martial law because if if you thought, saw rioting last year, and if the liberals say the, that those votes have been uh, uh, thrown out and not counted, then they're they're going to start rioting. You know, they could be rioting over the, the lawsuits filed against Biden, okay, and the Democrats. So, well, who knows where this is going to go? Way too much speculation going on here. So anyway, uh, welcome everybody, and this is our. Uh, second full episode of the uh, Genesis to Revelation show. And uh, we're going to be referring to my article on the subject, uh, picking up where we left off last week. I think it was uh, Genesis one fourteen, where we we talked about the uh, word yaum. We, we spent a lot of time on the word yaum, meaning it does not mean 20, a literal 24-hour day. There's so many episodes or, or verses of Scripture where Yom refers to a sometimes a 24-hour day, sometimes sometimes only a 12-hour day, sometimes to a part of a day, sometimes to eons, okay, or eternity. The word Yom can mean any of those in the given context. And we quoted uh, several passages of people saying, well, the, the, you cannot arbitrarily say, uh, any, no theologian could arbitrarily say that Yom means a literal 24-hour day. There is no rule that says that, that it should mean that. And so anybody who insists on that, namely the uh, seven-day creationists uh, who like to preach that, uh, they have no uh, theological basis for saying that. Okay, uh, over to you, Dan, for comment. Oh, yeah, we tend to think that, you know, take everything in the Bible as our definition of, for example, a day. You know, we all think of a day as 24 hours. But, again, we can't stress enough that Yahweh wrote this book we know as the Bible, and this is on his timetable. Just like I pointed out last week, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8, you know, one day with Yahweh is as a thousand years to man. So Amen. we're on his timetable when we, and we've got to look at it from all different types of yes. angles, you know, not just 24 hours meaning a day as we think of it. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, yeah. And then uh, of course, all of these 33,000 and more denominations, I think there's a new denomination formed every day. Uh, they all have a dogma they want to promote, 
and uh, no discussion. You, know, you, you either take our word for it or you leave. Uh, none of these denominations are interested in any kind of theological discussion. Uh, it's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. it really is. They're like liberals. They will refuse to debate, <laughs> right? They will not debate the issue, right? Okay. So, but uh, we were also talking about the uh, expression evenings and mornings. And uh, so, uh, referring to my document here, I'm going to put this into the chat room real quick. And right now, it's only available over at the uh, Wayback Machine. It's only available at the Wayback Machine because we haven't been able to rebuild Anglo-SaxonIsrael.com on WordPress yet. All kinds of problems. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Citizens of the U.S. are not even shareholders. Yeah, we don't count. Not not according to the current corrupt government. But anyway, let's go to the evening and the morning, and then we'll get back into Genesis uh, where we left off. So, we have a couple of comments here. Uh, beautiful, uh, this is, uh, who is this? Uh, George V. Wigram from his article, Examination of the Hebrew Bible as to the Structure and Idiom of the Language. And unfortunately, the King James Version doesn't do too well with idioms. The uh, translating committee was basically following the instructions of King James uh, you you translate the way I tell you to translate. You shall not use the word ecclesia. You shall, <laughs> or for congregation, you shall use the word church because he wanted the Anglican Church to be the dominant church under, of course, his control, the divine right of kings. That was his total motivation. But he says this: beautiful English is not so good if it gives us only an approximation to the original, and that not even a close one as a rougher and less polished English, which gives the original as nearly as possible as it stands. Moreover, the change in the mode of presenting the matter to be communicated is a serious change and without warrant. So he's talking about, okay, the the nice flowing language of the King James translation is nice, but in creating that type of language, you're losing a lot of meaning. When I read from Genesis 1, to Genesis 2-3 in the English Bible, I am as one listening to a narration. When I read the same portion in Hebrew, I am as one in the presence of God, the living God in action. That is, if you understand Hebrew. Okay, so uh, Hebrew is poetry too, if you understand it. Our authorized version, with its many words which have changed their meaning, some of them altogether, since it was written, with its many italic words put in to make it look like English, with its want of uniformity as to the use of the same word, uh, not just in English, but the same word uh, has many different um, meanings, and the, the King James Version and most versions don't accommodate. They have too many words, like man is translated from nine or ten different words, and you should have kept those words distinct. So, and and, uh, and the use of the word in English for the same word in the original, this lasts because of the king's order, and with the view of showing the largeness of the English vocabulary, <laughs> is still, all that notwithstanding, a precious gift from God to the English people. But if it led the way, faith would follow on, through grace, to something better. Okay? To something better. So despite the accolades... It says it's not. It's still not good enough. 
All right. So uh, your opinion here, Dan from Georgia. Oh, well, I don't think you can use the uh, a modern day dictionary to look up uh, words in the Bible. I mean, you have to have a concordance. That's right. And uh, preferably a, a Strong's concordance and one of the older versions of that, because, you know, I've debated with people before who say, well, you know, I looked up this word in the dictionary and it means such and such. Well, you, you just can't do that. You, yeah. you can't. You, you have to use a concordance to look up Bible words because the original, you know, the Old Testament originally written in Hebrew and the New Testament was originally written in Greek. So and it was written so long ago that, you know, you just can't use a, a modern day dictionary. Right. And even those uh, modern day dictionaries, uh, sometimes they will have a, a proper meaning, like a word. Um, oh, what, oh, what was I thinking of? Not not white, but ruddy. OK. Uh, or fair. No, that's the word I was looking for. Fair. In my current dictionary, uh, the uh, Webster's you know, Collegiate Dictionary, the first definition of the word fair is to have white skin. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, they get it right sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but you but then uh you know, they don't always and probably modern more modern dictionaries this is a real old one from the 1960s. Um they may not have that definition in there at all. Okay. But you can have two different different definitions of the word fair, you know, fair as in fair play or yeah. fair as in uh you know, light complexion. Light complexion. You know, yes. Yes. And so, but that was the, that's the first definition in my big dictionary. It means uh, fair skin or white skin. So, but now here, addressing, we had just started talking about the meaning of evenings and mornings. Okay. And uh, so, let's see. Uh, hold on. My, my page jumped on me. Okay. Going we left to- off last week with verse 24. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we yeah. had just getting we were getting started on verse twenty five, and I was okay. really looking forward to this because this is where the word beast comes into play. Yes. And uh, it's not beast as we think it is. In, right. It's a, know, there's two legged beasts. Yeah. And, that's and, right. Yeah. There are yeah. four legged beasts, and there's two legged beasts. Right. It includes all beasts. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, and we talked about the word che or hava meaning uh, living, it, and that the word hava only doesn't mean particular, it, it's not a word that gives particular uh, examples of living. You have to get that from the context, and you have to get that from the words surrounding, you know, like beast of the field, okay? So now you're talking about something that's in a field, a living creature in a field, <laughs> That, and that living creature can have four legs or two legs. That's exactly right. And the King James jumped to the conclusion, as did probably most translators up to that point in time, uh, that uh, this is only talking about the well, four-legged beasts. Okay, and, uh, and but there's no justified reason for, for doing that. But I think they what they wanted to do because in their minds, the next uh, uh, paragraphs that we're getting or verses <laughs> that we're getting into talks about obvious humanoids namely the Adamites okay but uh, but they make they don't make any distinction between Adamites and the other races none okay they don't make any distinction there and because they lack that distinction they falsely represent man 
in, with its many different versions of meaning, as uh, they lump them all together as humankind, okay? That, that's the problem, okay? Uh, we, we know that the word Adam, for, speaking of strong concordance, means to show blood in the face. And, and only uh, one race of people can do that. That's right. Sorry. Okay. So, but, but now just I wanted to clarify. I found the uh, quotation here. This is from The Days of Creation, A Closer Look at Scripture by John W. Green. Some uh, evenings and mornings, uh, oh, no, that's still, uh, that's still the wrong. I'm trying to find the uh, reference to the, um, here we go. It's a Semitic ex- uh, idiom. That's what it is. Okay, let's go. Perhaps the greatest obstacle to acceptance of the six creation days as long epochs is the evening and morning refrain framing each day's creation events. In fact, I have often seen it argued in creationist literature that this expression seals the case for a 24-hour interpretation, as we just discussed. The creationists, the six-day creationists, all believe that it's literal 24-hour days. But the argument simply does not hold, and the basis for my statement is the Bible itself, not some obscure linguistic reference. Quote, evening and morning is an idiomatic expression in Semitic languages. Like all idioms, its meaning is non-literal, but clearly understood by native speakers. The phrase, evening and morning, can, like yam, denote a long and indefinite period. The Old Testament itself unambiguously uses the evening and morning phrase in just such a way. In Daniel 8, we read the account of Daniel's ram and goat vision, and the interpretation of the evenings uh, by, uh, uh, given by Gabriel. The vision covers many years. Some commentators believe the time has not yet been completed. Daniel 8.26 says, quote, The vision of the evenings and the mornings that have been given to you is true, but seal up the vision for it concerns the distant future. This is the Revised Standard Version translation. In Hebrew manuscripts, the evenings and mornings is not in the plural but in the singular, identical to the expression we find in Genesis 1. Translated literally, the verse would read, and the vision of the evening and the morning has been given to you. Here we have a clear indication from scriptural usage that this phrase does not demand a 24-hour day interpretation and can refer to an indefinite epoch. He goes so far as to use the word Epoch, okay? So again, and, and as we discussed last week, from evening to morning is only 12 hours. So how can you teach 24-hour literal days given, given that uh, you know, partial day, that's, if you take it literally, okay? So are we doing right by questioning the, uh, the literal interpretation here? I think so. Uh, have you also, is it your understanding, Eli, that the Hebrew day... Started at sundown. Yes, yeah. Uh, Pastor Steve and I did a lot of uh, research on that, and um, the and I think the reason for that is that you know, it, it, it does say evenings and mornings, but that can't uh, be taken literally either, right? Because the what, mm-hmm. the sun and the and the stars weren't even visible until the fourth day, right? So uh, you can't take all of this stuff. It's just giving us the general order. And I think because the 
the universe fell into darkness, which we talked about Genesis 1, 1 to 1, 2. And uh, so we're going from darkness into light. Okay. From darkness into light. So, uh, uh, okay. <clears throat> All right. And uh, uh, Swamp Fox has uh, put a, a link in the Bible, Appendix 11 to the Companion Bible which says the word day when used without any limiting words may refer to a long or prolonged period as the day of the of grace the day of visitation the day of salvation the day of judgment man's day etc but when the word day is used with a numeral as one or a seventh then uh then it is restricted or can be limited to 24 hours well we we discussed that very thoroughly last week and there's a lot of people who disagree uh, with with that, uh, you know, because there were, we had examples of ordinal usages of the word yom in other places in the Bible, not just Genesis 1. And there it couldn't be interpreted as a 24-hour day either, okay? So, now, but this is why we're spending so much time on this, folks, because... If you don't get Genesis right, <laughs> and you don't get the meanings of these very important words correct, and these idioms correct, then uh, we'll follow the King James translators and just want to make assumptions, from, wrong assumptions from the fir- very first passages, and get nothing right from there on. Right, Dan? Isn't that what we'd be doing if we don't... Uh, yeah, take... you got to get off to a good start if you want to, you know, be yeah. completely accurate. Yeah. Or miss the train. <laughs> or miss the train, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, so we found that uh, yaum can be idiomatic and it can be literal. And we found that e- uh, evenings and mornings can be literal or idiomatic. So let's get back to Genesis uh, tw- one twenty four, And you know, we talked about the creation. And we have to pay attention to the word bara. The word bara is of great significance here because it means create, because when we transit from Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 2, we find that the word bara, or create, is no longer being used in Genesis chapter 2, okay? So, let's go to, let's see, I'm scrolling down here. And why don't you start by reading Genesis 1.23, and we'll continue from there. Okay. <clears throat> and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. Again, the word his is used in the King James because the word its, the neuter pronoun its, was not in common usage yet at, the, at this writing. Okay, that it's archaic after his kind. It should be its kind and uh, cattle creeping things and a lot of people well you see his what does his mean well that's a singular <laughs> that's a singular male pronoun that doesn't make any sense it's talking about its the the various kinds of uh, beings that were created just up to this verse back to you verse 25 and god made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind yeah yeah now there there is neuter because it's referring to any, you know, male, female, or whatever, okay? So, but it's also plural, and we're, it should have been their kind in every case here. At least after their kind is, 
or its would, would have been the better translation. Back to you. Mm-hmm. And this word beast comes from the word K or yes. Che. And this is where we're, what we were talking about earlier about uh, all the living beings being right. made in this particular verse. Yeah. Two-legged, four-legged, everything. People, animals, everything. Yes, yeah. Any living creature. And here it's talking about uh, air-breathing animals. Okay, so the definition is from uh, Strong's 2416. Uh, anglicized to che, the Hebrew pronunciation is kahi, alive. <laughs> okay, it means a living thing. Okay, uh, so hence raw, raw flesh, fresh, <laughs> strong, uh, life, living, whether literally or figuratively, alive. Having an appetite. Now, here's how the uh, the word is used or translated in the King James: wild beast, company, congregation, life, lively, living creature, etc. Oh, uh, troop, running, quick. <laughs> All right, a quickening spirit, quick. Uh, Running, springing, troop, okay? The general meaning of the word che is alive. So why, it, it should simply say living creature of the earth. Or all living beings would be all, a better all, translation. Yes, or living, or the living, the living of the, the earth, okay? Yeah. It's a very general word. And it can only be limited to a particular class of beings by the context, okay? That's the point we want to get across to people, okay? So, so therefore, you cannot say that the beast of the earth is a four-legged beast. You cannot make that claim. It's okay? everything. Yeah, it includes atomites because we're beasts yep. of the earth too, right? Yep. Okay, we have bodies, we have two legs, we live and breathe air, right? And many of us, well, well we're mortal unless we have the Holy Spirit, right? So Enosh is a word that's translated as man. It simply means mortal. We'll come across that in future episodes, okay? So, so uh, it's already telling us that every living thing, that's the way every living thing. Let's see what, what the word "thing" is translated from here. Coal. That word. That word "beast" is just a horrible yeah, word to use. It's a horrible translation. Yeah, it should say, it simply say "living creature." Yeah, every uh, living creature. But the, for they wanted, I think, in the minds of the King James translators, and in the minds of many people before them, they wanted to delineate the difference between four-legged beasts and mankind or humankind between uh, verse 25 and uh, verses 26 and 27. I think that's why they did this, okay? But that's a presumptive categorization. That's what that is. Yeah, you're making assumptions. Yes, they're making assumptions. Now, but we have beast of the earth, okay? Or living of the earth, the breathing living, breathing, and it's probably talking mainly about the mammalian world, but, you know, birds breathe air. It's talking about the air-breathing animals, 
that uh, were formed at this on this date, and it, it includes the two-legged animals. However, the Adam kind is last. Okay, so uh, our position here at two seed line identity is that the two-legged beast of the earth is not yet a reference to Adam kind. It's a reference to all other species that came before the Adamites. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, and I think carbon dating has proven that the other races have been around longer than white race has. Yes, yeah, and, uh, and for, for many hundreds of thousands of years. Okay, and they haven't changed, <laughs> right? <laughs> They haven't evolved in any way, shape, or form. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. They, they. No, uh, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Enough said here. All right. So, creep upon the earth, and earth here has got to be Eretz. Oh, oh, wait a minute. <clears throat> soil. Uh, they're translating the word soil from or earth. From Adama, soil, so red earth. Okay, so uh, that's interesting. I never checked that out before. That's surprising to me because in the verse before, verse 24, earth is translated from Eretz, which literally means ground or territory, country, field. Okay, can mean any of those. But here in verse 25, it's translated. I, I'm not. You got there. I just happened to notice this. Adama. No, I'm showing they're both translated from Eretz. Okay. The word "earth" in verse 24 is from the Hebrew word uh, 776, Eretz, and then again in verse 25, it's from the Hebrew word Eretz. Okay. Uh, are there two? Okay. Yeah. The second. Uh, the first uh, instance of earth in verse 25 is Eretz. However, the second instance uh, where it says everything that creepeth upon the earth. Comes, oh, I see what you're saying. Now. Yeah, yeah. Comes from the Hebrew word Adama. Wow. Okay. So uh, maybe now this is uh, where we're talking about red, although it's not the same as Adam to show blood in the face. Okay. But it still means uh, uh, ground. Okay. So uh, everything that creepeth upon the ground, which is, uh, yeah, that's, pr that's probably correct. But uh, it's, uh, it's talking here about soil, okay, specifically. Now, my, my um, concordance is soil from its general redness. Okay. Country, earth, ground. Okay, so that is talking, this is the area of the earth that had red soil, which... Uh, you don't, we don't have that in Illinois, but if you go down to Georgia, <laughs> you get red red right. dirt, right? Red dirt. Mm -hmm. Here we have black dirt. There you got red dirt, okay? So no real confusion there, but I was surprised. I haven't noticed that before. Okay, so, but beast, getting back to the word beast, it simply means living. And so living creatures of the earth was is the best translation, in my opinion, Okay. I agree. Now, okay, now this is talking about general things that walk around and, and fly around on the earth, breathing air, okay, having that ruach, air-breathing animals. And that's all that can be inferred from this, okay? All right, so, yeah, uh, I'll pick it up on verse uh, 25 again. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, 
and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Okay, so let's go back to the, the definitions of, of these words, okay? So what we have from Genesis 1 and 2 is che, all right? And, uh, we, we, the che is a very general word, and this is the disagreement I had with uh, Fink and Emheiser on whether or not the che in verse 24 can mean anything other than living beings. And, uh, and Emma Heiser said, no, it must, it must mean to a uh, four legged beast. Okay. Emma Heiser was stating it must mean four legged beast. I said, no, it can't because just look at the definition of the word in, uh, in strong concordance that, uh, or any concordance. It does not agree with your conclusion that it means a four legged beast. Okay. Mm-hmm. It can mean a two legged beast. All right, and so th- this is a crucial. You have to have this crucial understanding that uh, th- that applies to uh, the the uh, the distinction between Genesis chapter one, bara, the things that were created in Genesis chapter one, and the things that were formed in Genesis chapter two, which is the word yatsar. It's not bara. Okay, that's one of the major distinctions between Genesis one and Genesis two. Okay, so. Okay, so let's uh, let me get back to my uh, uh, esort here, and so it was so a beast of the earth. It, all the say, saying here, beast. The expression "beast of the earth" is nothing but li- living creatures that walk around, or crawl around, or fly around on the face of the earth after their kind. And it was so. Okay, and uh, again, re- repeat uh, verse twenty-five again. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Yes. So this includes all life, all life on the earth. I mean, the way, the way uh, hearing you read it, <laughs> uh, if I were first approaching this, we're talking about all life that walks around on the earth. And it was good, and the word good here is tob, meaning in the widest sense, uh, in both the masculine and the feminine, singular, plural, a good thing, good man or woman, good good animals, good good plants, good good this, good that, okay? So it's a very general word. So, so just like che is a very general word, so is good. Now, verse 26 now we come to Adam. Over to you. And God said, let us make man. And this is this word man comes from the Hebrew word Adam. It That's, means ruddy. Right. It means ability to show blood in the face. And we know there's only one race of people yep. who can do that. <clears throat> and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. All right, so uh, uh, Freebird says Oklahoma has red dirt too. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that, <laughs> driving through Oklahoma <laughs> a couple of times, okay? But uh, mostly dry desert, the areas that I drove through. Anyway, but, okay, so here, our first instance of 
the word Adam, which comes from 120, and indeed, ruddy. That is, a now again, that is a human being. No, it's, it shows ruddy. Not all human beings are ruddy. Okay, I mean, certainly, certainly the Chinese aren't, certainly the blacks aren't, Jews aren't. I don't know of any black person who can show blood in the face. No, no. Uh, although there is an instance when uh, a, a black person uh, shows fear and the blood does drain from his face, they will turn kind of an ashen gray. Okay. For us, when uh, we will turn pale white, <laughs> right? When the blood drains mm-hmm. from our face, we will get even whiter. Okay. So, uh, so, so this is... so. This is a value judgment here. That is a human being. That is mankind, using the modern definition of the word mankind, which includes all races. Uh, this is not what Genesis 1 is telling us. They're, uh, they're already included as the living creatures up to verse 25. Already included there. There's no reason to exclude it. And it's not even, there's no reason at this point to even exclude Adam as living creatures in verse 25. Verse 26 is just telling us now about Adam kind in particular. Okay, that makes sense, Dan? My, yeah, my, con- my conclusion is that verse 25 is where all the races were created. All yes. the air-breathing creatures were created. However, in verse 26, we have a specific man who was created. This man was made in the image of God Mm -hmm. because the others can't claim that in verse 25. Only this man made in verse 25 can be uh, said to have, uh, I mean, in verse 26 can be said to have the made in the image of God himself with the ability to blush or show blood in the face. Right. Okay, so there's two two things being said here. Now, now, not uh, that's interesting here. I don't think any of the previous verses use the plural us and God, Elohim. Uh, and here's the definition: God's in the ordinary sense, but specifically used in the plural thus, especially with the article of the supreme God, occasionally applied by way of deference to magistrates and sometimes as a superlative, exceeding exceeding great judges, mighty, you know, the mighty Elohim. Well, Elohim is a collective noun, and I think we'll find out in uh, at the end of this chapter that it's a reference to the angels, archangels, seraphim, uh, all the other types of beings under God's authority, under Yahweh's authority under Yahweh's authority, who uh, were carrying out his instructions to create these beings. Okay, so it's it's not saying that Yahweh did this all by himself. First, he created the spiritual world, and I believe the Elohim spoken of here are the prototypes of the white race. I think that's what's uh, being said here. So let's uh, let's go through this. Word by word, because it's very important. So, now, man, let us make man, I I think this can be interpreted as Adam kind, not as mankind. 
because it says in our image. Let's see what we Sell him to a phantom illusion resemblance. Okay, what is this saying? This is a this is not a really good useful definition here. But I think uh, our image uh, uh, that's telling us that they're spiritual beings. Okay, in our image, and Elohim said, "Let <laughs> us plural make Adam kind." Oh, now wait a minute. Make is not bara, make is asa. To do or make in the broadest sense, widest application, advance, support, etc. There's, there's about a hundred listings here. So asa is the word used here. But this is being done to show, in my opinion, that we have already in the spiritual realms the prefigurement of Adam kind in the spiritual world as a kind of template or archetype, okay? And I think that's what this verse, after our likeness, I think that's what this is trying to imply. Yahweh's doing this, but he's doing this through his legion of angels, which will be referred to at the end of this verse, okay? So yeah, uh, so let's go through this verse again. Yeah, please read it again, Dan. Okay, and God said, let us make man, Adam, in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Okay, so one indication that Adam kind here is a collective noun is because it says, let them, let them have dominion, not him. Okay, let me, uh, Rada, to tread down. See, now, uh, you really have to have a better concordance <laughs> than what we have here because it says them, and oh, you know what? I should have gotten uh, Steve's translation out for this. We may have to re- revisit this verse next. Now, week. you're referring to the word dominion. Right? No, the, the word them. Okay, so let me let me just restate this. And God said, let us make Adam kind in our image after our likeness and let them, referring back to Adam kind, have mm-hmm. dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So dominion is given to them namely Adam kind. So here, we're talking about the creation of species. All of the previous verses, we're talking about the creation of species in the plural, male and female. Okay? Male plus female. Then in Genesis 2, we get to the individual man and individual Eve. And those those are not bara created. Those are formed, yatsar. Okay? So we have... Within this translation, evidence that man is Adam kind in the collective sense, the species. Okay, back to you. Okay, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Okay, now this is confusing. Now, is it him or them? (laughs) Right? (laughs) All right. Okay, but I think the problem is uh, archaic, an archaic one, the way that the King James translators translated these verses. Okay, 
So again, it's Elohim created, we're back to bara, Adam kind, is how this should have been translated, in his uh, collective, the collective noun Elohim, in his own image, in the image of Elohim created he Adam kind, male and female created he them. Okay? So they were created male and female in Genesis 1. So, not that Eve was already there, but a female Adamite, male Adamites and female Adamites are now present in Genesis chapter 1. Okay? That's how I understand that this, this should be understood. I agree. Okay? And now, of course, the mainstream churches... <laughs> They don't want to include. Uh, they want to include all species, but none of the other species were made in the image of Elohim, and none of the other species show blood in the face. So I think we're uh, we in two seedland identity are on solid ground, saying that the, the, because the word che cannot be individualized or specialized <laughs> to meaning a particular uh, type of animal can't be specialized, certainly not without proper context, that our interpretation is correct, that che is a general word for living creatures walking around the face of the earth. That includes everything, including the potential white race, Adam kind. But Adam kind is not really given in the Genesis chapter 1 until verse 26. Okay, And only then in verse 26 is Adam kind made in his image. Amen. Amen. Not so, in verse 25. No, that's right. That's right. So, because that we have several points of disagreement with the church theologians, and I think uh, our interpretation is more, as you brought up earlier, more in line with the uh, archaeological record. Okay? Archaeological As far record. as the other races being here longer yes. than yes. the white race has. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, but they were all created by Yahweh Elohim, although Yahweh's name isn't mentioned yet. Yahweh doesn't actually appear as a personality or as a person until Genesis chapter 2, where he gets directly involved in forming Adam into something bigger than he was in Genesis chapter 1. Okay. All right. So, but here it says right here, verse 27. Male and female created he them. So there were male Adamites and female Adamites clearly present in Genesis one twenty-seven. I don't think how anybody can even dispute this. All right? But some people do. Back to you. Verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now, that's it's interesting. Now, here they translate Che as living thing. Why, you know, why do they translate it as beast in other places? Okay. Which, uh, well, this is the proper, defi- proper translation. Uh, yeah. Living, living thing th- is translated Che. Just yeah. like it is up in uh, the previous Yeah. Uh, comes from the word che and they they do they translate it as living thing yeah now here it's yeah here it's correctly translated (laughs) one of the first Mm -hmm. few times okay so we should go back to verse 25 and put 
And God made the every living thing of the earth after his kind. Amen. That's how it should have been translated. Okay. There's no, uh, you know, well, but, but, but on the other hand, we're beasts also, you know. It's just well, a bad translation yeah, it's just because a, people see that word beast and they automatically think animal. You know, they don't even yeah. consider, we're talking about, you know, two-legged creatures as well as four-legged creatures. Yeah. People automatically think of four-legged animal when they see the word beast. Yep. Okay. However, there was a time in our history, you know, even when these verses were being translated by the King James Committee, that blacks were referred to as beasts, orientals were referred to as beasts, but white people can also be beasts, right? Exactly. Yeah, so it is a misleading translation. They should have just kept it living thing as they properly translated here in verse 28, okay? I think that's fair. I think we're being mm-hmm. fair here. <laughs> okay. I agree. Yeah, okay. All right, verse 29. Oh, oh, and, and dominion. Oh, can't overlook that. Oh, and subdue and replenish. Very important words here. Okay. Be fruitful and multiply, meaning have children, have offspring. Okay. Replenish. Now, if this were not, if this were a first-time creation, never having been ha- happening before, why is the word replenish used with the uh, R-E, replenish, instead of plenish? Why not plenish? Because there was nothing here. Yeah, if... <laughs> and we're replenishing, we're putting back what was originally here, but is right. currently not here. Yes, right. So this goes back to the uh, idea from Genesis 1-1 to Genesis 1-2 that there was a, a a destruction of a previous era, and God had to recreate it all. Yeah, we had to recreate it all, and uh, not, possibly not everything, but all of the major species that were once upon. And this explains the elimination of the dinosaurs, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they can't be put, they can't be placed to seven thousand or eight thousand BC. They're far older than that. You know, the the strata show that these bones are dug up of these dinosaurs. Millions of years. Yeah, yeah, it could be millions. But they also find that the bones of humanoids were dug up around the same strata. Okay? (laughs) So, obviously, there, there have been several destructions of this planet. Several, probably, major impacts of meteors and or asteroids that virtually destroyed everything on the face of the earth and had to start over again. Okay, hopefully this is the last time. Yeah. (laughs) All right? Although we're going to have a major reset. (laughs) We're going to have a major reset coming up very shortly. Okay? So so the question that the translators would have had to ask, why not plenish instead of replenish? Okay? Because it's being filled again. Okay? Again, and subdue. All right. Kabash. I I had no idea that the word kabash is Hebrew. I thought it was Polish. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And kabash it. All right. Tread down. Put the kabash on them. Right. I thought that was a Polish word. Subdue. (laughs) Okay. So so here we are. Positively to conquer, subjugate. Yes. Violate, bring yeah. into bondage. Now, has any other race 
of people besides Adamites ever, you know, we virtually put the entire planet under bondage in our, our colonial era. Doesn't mean it was always a good thing, okay? But uh, have the blacks subdued the earth? No. Have the Chinese subdued the earth? No. Not without the help of Jewish money, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. All right. Only only Adam kind has ever approached this, and it was Adam kind that was given dominion, though, and, and that is those who ruddy who show blood in the face were given dominion. You cannot honestly say that uh, any other race has done this, okay? And we, you know, and even the prophecies of um, given to Abraham's descendants that we would uh, have power over other nations. We would have navies, great navies. Our, you know, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would have great navies, and we would rule the world. We did that. No other race did that. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's obvious that we're talking here from Genesis one twenty six on, we're talking about Adam kind, and Adam kind specifically is being addressed, not humankind. Okay. I agree. All right. Let me see. I don't. I think we're being fair here because this corresponds with real history, and this is actually kind of a prophecy too. Okay, this is actually a prophecy that Adam kind would have dominion over the earth. And earth here is Eretz, and I think we're talking about the entire planet here, not just territory, because ultimately the white race did have dominion over the entire planet. Okay, let's pick it up in verse 29. Verse 29, and God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. Okay, so so it's telling us again, which we just discussed last week, that these species, whether they be trees, plants, hominids, four-legged creatures, fish, they all have their seed within themselves and reproduce kind after kind. That is the only way any species reproduces. There is no such thing as evolution. The Bible absolutely does not teach anything like evolution. But yet we have theologians who tell us that various races evolved or devolved from Adam and Eve. Isn't that what they teach? They do. Yeah. And if so, evolution was a fact, why don't we see it happening yeah, today? Yeah, we've got seven, 8,000 years of history and no evidence of it yet. None. That's why they need millions of years for, for their theory to even be plausible. Okay, I see we have about four minutes left, so let's go through the last two verses of Genesis chapter 1. Okay, verse 30. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creeps upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. <clears throat> And verse 30, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Okay, so there's that evening and the morning business again, okay, which is a a, a Hebrew slash Shemitic idiom, according to the one author that we quoted. All right, so 
if you're not familiar with the the way that words and expressions were used when these verses were written, you can jump to all kinds of conclusions, most of them wrong, if not all of them being wrong, by the translators. Okay? So, the evening and the morning is a uh, an idiom that can mean any just about any length of time, just as the Hebrew word yaum can mean any length of time. You have to check the context of what there is uh, being said here. Okay, now, beast of the earth. Okay, beast of the earth. That still includes, it's still Che. Every, Every living, living being. Yeah, it's still, uh, so why do they translate a living thing, which is correct, in, in verse 28, and then go back to beast? Back to beast, yeah, just yeah. as they did in okay. verse 25. Right. So it's confusing to have these. It should have said living thing in every verse. I know it's redundant, and you don't want to be redundant, but you also want to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you have, so the word che or hava in the Hebrew needs to be qualified by other things. So you, you talk about every four legged beast. Okay, that, now you know you're talking about cattle and horses and lions and tigers and things like that, okay? You can't jump to that conclusion given the word che and earth together. You just can't jump to conclusions like that, mm-hmm. all right? And so that we're trying to avoid jumping conclusions, okay? So, and we're just taking, as it is written, these are all very general expressions, and they don't mean 24-hour days, they don't mean specific creatures we're just talking about a very general flow of creation which is geologically accurate <laughs> right okay mm-hmm. because the higher species come last which uh, you know evolution teaches that as well all right okay so next week i'll have pastor steve's translation and we can maybe go through a couple of these verses uh using his translation okay Great. thank you dan it's just this hour just absolutely flew by all right it sure did so, all right Okay, folks, thanks for listening, and we're looking forward to doing more of these because you have to get the first five books of Genesis right. Otherwise, you, you got everything else wrong. Thank you. That's Praise right. Yahweh. See you next time. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. See you next week. Bye-bye.